0: Hello. So this is our presentation regarding um, African-Americans. I'm Jamila and I'm Nicole. So we are just going to jump right into the conversation again with our um, multicultural presentation. The group that we are focusing on will be African-Americans And as far as like identifying general characteristics, you know, for me, when I was just thinking about that regarding African-Americans, it kind of like led me back to uh, Nicole's presentation last week, just regarding culture and how we identify ourselves. So with that, I kind of like took it and was just thinking about it in that aspect saying like with African-Americans and when it comes to the, like our culture and just the culture in general, um, there's a lot of, you know, discussion, like a lot of um conversation like regarding, you know, the way we talk, um, how we dress, um, our physical and um, biological features, um, things of that nature. Um, what else? Food, music. So yeah. like- that's what that's what I think about when I uh, think of African Americans.
1: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree, and I feel like with using all those terms you described, that's just the simple way of showing how like vast the cultures within African Americans like can be. Even though I feel like I identify, like I'm in the community, I love meeting other people and finding out like specifically what their culture was like growing up, and I feel like that's how we as African Americans bond. Like we're different, but we all have. Similar Similar cultures that bring us together. Yeah. And so we always like joke about that kind of stuff. Like, oh my God, we had the same childhood because we had so many similar occurrences, no matter where we were raised, just based on us belonging to that one, like overarching culture, which is like belonging to the same racial group. I think that it's important to think about this because even though there's a lot of us, we are, you know, a minority in America and it's important to be aware of how it can be different for us when we're looking for careers and especially when we're trying to help other African Americans, you know, establish their own careers. I wish it were easy, but we all know it's not and it's
0: It's not enough.
1: Yeah. More progress is always needed. You were talking about my presentation last week. It had a lot of insight that I think can be applied to this week because we talked about a lot of different tips for just being aware of culture and how it makes a difference. I think with African-Americans especially, we need to reinforce because of the other layers that can go into it. Like we were talking about incarcerated individuals. And so it's one thing to be a a part of a population of incarcerated individuals, but then being African-American on top of that adds a whole other set of layers to what it might be like. So even though it's hard for incarcerated individuals in general to, you know, find work after, um, being released from prison and things like that when you're african-american there's other layers of judgment that come on into that um like being just poverty like,
0: or like mm. being marginalized like i think they're i'm sorry i like to cut you off no you didn't there was one i was reading one article and they mentioned just how like coming from a family i think it was like 50 percent of african-american uh individuals and their families are already in the system and yep that they also have, like, a high chance of ending up in the system system as well. So just, like, realizing that and just understanding, like, it's already a challenge and a barrier, you know, having, not going to say that foot in the door, but just, like, having that on the forefront or just knowing that fact is, is pretty scary, I would say.
1: Yeah, and the 50%, that includes the people who are incarcerated, but then it's, like, even if you are able to get out, yeah. that pipeline is still like you know the system is made for you to keep coming back in that's also really important to remember the chances of us like you know actually being able to stay out of prison and how we're actually targeted mm-hmm. from a young age to become incarcerated and keep having that like you know that school to prison pipeline is very much there so sadly that's like another factor to think about it from a very young age being mm-hmm. aware of your actions and how if something, you know, goes wrong, you could end up in a cycle that really affects the rest of your life.
0: And it can happen and, you so know. quickly. Like, yeah, you never know. It just one decision can just change your entire life. And that's just how unfortunate and crazy that can be. Just think about mm-hmm. it. I don't know. It's just tough.
1: Um, yeah. That's definitely a huge barrier. I feel like, because it's not only just like environmental, like, you know, being incarcerated versus um, out of prison, but also just, like, financial, the layers to that, which is why we're talking about this, because your career plays a big role in, you know, the kind of job you get and your livelihood.
0: Well, to this point, like, since we're talking about, um, challenge and barriers, like, within, uh, the career counseling or, uh, decision making, even job searching, I was just going to bring up, um, how, it was another article that I was reading, Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just read it directly where it said, um, we continue to face systematically higher unemployment rates, fewer job opportunities, lower pay, poorer benefits, and greater job instability, yeah, just like thinking about that and saying, I didn't really think about it in that way, And I'm kind of dipping into into the personal experiences, but and just like identifying with how true and valid that is because even though we are educated, and have experience and are qualified we still face you know sometimes racial disparity in the in the um career you know context or mm-hmm. in the place it's hard you know being qualified and you know not being promoted or being mentored or developed or even hired versus like mm-hmm. our white counterparts so yeah a big b- barrier there when it comes this to This
1: is a very big barrier. Mm-hmm. and just lack of support it's like who do you go to you know when everybody around you looks like somebody else and you just feel like you don't have anybody in your corner in that way um it's very hard and just like I think I'm remembering now what I was going to say about education Mm -hmm. being able to afford an education and that makes it that makes a really big difference too and I feel like resources along with you know not only for education but even for developing your career Mm -hmm. um I know a lot of people like personally like my family um my parents are ugandan immigrants so i'm first generation Mm -hmm. and i definitely have heard so many stories about people talking about having to use other people's names um you know to be able to get citizenship um and things like that like my sibling my parents they both went to school here so they were able to get visas you know stay here and like they you know they're here now my dad's a citizen now and so is my mom but you know they're When they were trying to help their siblings and stuff and other family members you hear about using other people's names and how it's hard to get a job because if you don't have a green card you can't get a job. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just being able to make that living and kind of just like you know the privileges that come along with having that audit that citizenship right away. Um, that immigration status, like, it's definitely um, a factor that plays into a lot of people being able to develop their careers. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we've all heard people talk about how they wanted to do something, but then other things got in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even speaking to personal experience, along with just being in the workplace, I know, I spoke to a family friend of mine, like, around Labor Day. And it was my first time seeing them in a really long time. And they're younger than me, about like, two years So uh, we were really just catching up because they'd recently graduated and started their first job and I'm really proud Mm -hmm. of them. And I was asking them how they like it and they said it's good. You know, they're making decent money, Um, but they did get basically recruited by their company to kind of be the spearhead of the DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion department. Mm -hmm. And they're very new, like he's very, very new to his job. He's really young, fresh grad. I'm not saying that means he's unqualified to you know, head that department, but I will say, I feel like it's absurd that him being the only black person in his company, the only black person, like imagine that being recruited to teach all these old, mostly older, not only, but he's also younger on the younger side. But all these older white men about how to be more inclusive for your own group of people just because you're the only minority there Mm -hmm. and because they had nobody else to spearhead and instead of, you know, maybe choosing a white counterpart, they choose you because you're there. So I just remember him telling me that and I kind of felt for him. He was like, it's kind of crazy. They are paying him more for it, but I still don't think it excuses the fact that, you know, there is work to be done to educate yourselves about the, the, the cultural groups you're trying to surround yourself with, with which is why this presentation is important because we have to educate ourselves, even as black people, you know. Absolutely. But just being able to not always have to, like, you know, be able to put, right. let black people be on the black burner and have other people speak up for them. Like we shouldn't, advocating for ourselves is not nearly enough it's for them, than having everyone else advocate for us too
0: absolutely it's retiring really and then just listening to say that I was also just thinking about like how a lot of companies just um also use it like use quotas to fill they only you know mm-hmm. hire blacks african americans african americans to fill quotas yep so about that and like the psychological effect that will have on african americans or black people like yeah you, know, I don't you know. hear
1: about that so much mm-hmm especially like in these recent times of, like i remember hearing about like i think it was like spotify or netflix hiring a, i think it was netflix hiring a bunch of black writers to really like help up their content and like a lot of the shows mm-hmm. and then firing them all at once yes. like, not that long after
0: this you was know, like recent, day. like in the summer i think too yeah. and i was just like what it was so
1: heartbreaking because it's like very qualified really intelligent people a lot to bring to the table they help you get to where you want to be and then you just kind of let them go because Uh, you don't want to pay them anymore but you wanted to take their ideas and that's just something that happens time and time again
0: Mm -hmm. and it's it's so unfortunate and again nothing is really done about it so I feel like that's also as career counselors we come into play and you know again advocate for our client and you know promote social justice because Mm -hmm. again like it's almost like a spectrum, it, it happens and it ends, or it's just like, it's continued to happen and there's nothing really being done about it.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And so I think when you talked, like we touched on, you know, ways to, we kind of were talking about techniques and strategies, but I guess we could talk more about them. Um, I think, you know, I was doing research on an article and I found an article that said that African-Americans are just less likely, you know, to use services for career planning. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking about why. I'm sure that it's not like they won't, they don't want to. And, you know, lo and behold, the article was saying that they felt like they needed more outreach and more peer guidance and more visible and available career mentors, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, I got into counseling because I was lucky enough to kind of have somebody, like, not like a guidance counselor, but a student assistance counselor who was supposed to be there emotionally for the students. And she kind of helped me realize that I didn't want to be in the psychology field, Mm -hmm. but you know, she didn't look like me. She did happen to be white. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I do remember my actual guidance counselor, just really trying to like steer me in the direction of what she felt like I wanted out of my Mm -hmm. college experience you know very much encouraging me to only like to mostly apply to hbcus when that wasn't really something i said that i wanted to do mm-hmm. and just things like that i definitely feel like it's important to have somebody who can like meet you halfway and just listen to you and if they had looked like me i felt like i probably would have been a lot more comfortable and just like had a better insight on what to look for when looking for a career um and you know as counselors no matter our color of our skin we have to help people so You know, we actually get the fact the fact based knowledge to be able to help people. But I definitely think this article provided great insight, because if you don't have people who are advocating for you, then how are you going to want to pursue what you're trying to pursue in life?
0: That is a beautiful point that you bring up, because I'm actually just looking at. Um a point that I was going to bring up too. And it kind of goes into like, are you demonstrating fidelity and justice to your client? And to your um experience or your um example, you wasn't, you know, being given that with your, you know, your counselor, you know, just again, with her trying to pursue you to, um, or, or with her persuading you to pursue a different career versus the one that you wanted to do says a lot. And I think that's also, again, another challenge in Barry that, you know, black people and african african americans face when it comes to careers you know so it's i just feel like it's also in our ethical rights to you know lead our clients to the job the career of their choice you know Mm -hmm. even if you feel like they, because again right bringing that into conversation you'll have um counselors who was who will say hey i don't think you're very qualified or this is for you let's try something more realistic and i get that like you know as a career counselor you are being realistic you want to with your clients but i still feel like if there's even the slightest chance that your client um can pursue that and wants to then you should actually like hop on board and like pursue that with that with them yeah take that chance like just don't completely shut them down at all i think that's just that's no that's just i him.
1: definitely agree and being realistic to like, you know, we've learned in class, but still not shutting them down and saying, mm-hmm. Oh, this is what you should do. It's like kind of just giving them that autonomy mm-hmm. that we always talk about in counseling, like just letting them choose for themselves,
0: yeah. you know, and then
1: us providing our expertise where it's needed.
0: Absolutely, um, I agree. You.
1: And I definitely, I like a lot of the, um, the, the resources you found, like the equal opportunity publications website like, you know, the the fact that they're helping with they, they, you know, spearhead diversity recruitment, because I feel like, especially at our age, we hear so much about what to do, you know, how to negotiate for a raise and like, you know, how people be treated, how people are being treated in their workplace environments and the expectations placed on them. But we don't necessarily know how to navigate it in a professional way. And that's something I'm fearful of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still like working in, in school as I know you are.
0: But I'm just nervous.
1: It's a process. And I'm just fearful for being in an environment where I don't feel like I can kind of speak up for myself. Uh Um, But just in general, I do feel like there is also a lot of like stigma in terms of what kind of job to have in our community as well. Um, And so it's like, if you work a nine to five, like, okay, that's too, that's boring. And then it's just like, you know, if you do other things, it's just not enough.
0: Like owning a business or being self-employed. It's it's always like a hot topic versus like a nine to five and owning a business. And I feel like in our culture or just in our, um, you know, yeah, in our culture, there is it's a lot of stress on owning a business it's time to own business you need like another source of income so I feel like a lot of pressure is on that and um a lot of against stigma is placed on nine-to-five jobs it's like almost mm-hmm. frowned upon I'm like we getting our foot in the door with this and now it's being frowned upon so,
1: yeah definitely um and I also just think that like there's this push and pull between being like collectivists, mm-hmm. which we, I feel like, you know, going back to the day, back in the day of our ancestors, we were very much a collectivist society. And now it's just like individualism, like, you know, you gotta hustle, you gotta grind, you gotta work super hard, which is like, you know, it just shows what people like in our culture typically value, Um, you know, being able to like support a family. Um, I know specifically in my culture, Like there's just so much emphasis on trying to or needing to be in the STEM field to like show success in your career. But you know i'm proud of myself because i'm one of basically like the first person in my family to really pursue mental health counseling Mm -hmm. in a way that shows people that it's just as important as any other field um and it's like you know i can see the wheels turning in my family members heads when i explain to them what i do the difference between that and social work Mm -hmm. and just like you know really showing why it's important for us to be in this field specifically um but yeah i definitely think that it's just frustrating too because it's very common to just kind of be in, in just general, like an African-American culture and black culture to be told, you know, this is what you'll be good at. Or like, mm-hmm. like a lot of families, it's like you see what your family's done and then you kind of accept that as your fate too um but I love that we kind of have a determination to also like do be- do better for our families Absolutely. so it's like maybe if your parents didn't go to college like you want to be the first one to go to college for your family and you know if your parents like you know you see so many amazing black people who are like my parent my dad was locked up my whole life and so now I want to go to school to be a lawyer and help him get out of um you know the help him get out of prison Um, And I feel like a lot of us in picking our careers, that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like, okay, this is the situation I was dealt in in life, and this is how I want to solve it. And pursuing this career will help me get there. Mm -hmm. But we definitely have to work twice as hard to be able to get there, you know, Mm -hmm. because with school, being able to afford school is a huge privilege that not a lot of us have. and Just being able to get aid is not something that's always possible so it's just like having to really push through to get the aid to afford school to get through the end of it it can be it's like a lot and i think that's important to like kind of it's going to be something we have to reiterate to our clients like you know i totally believe you can do this but emphasizing the length of school the cost of education type of thing um will be so important because I think that is a big factor in knowing, being able to pursue something, like knowing what to expect and being as prepared as possible. Sometimes like you're never fully prepared.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, like bringing in um, like another t- technique or strategy that kind of helped me just think about um, handshake, um, which is one I had listed Um, that we can also use to help our clients who are either, you know, college students, graduate students, or also like for employment purposes, they can use that to find internships, jobs, any of those, any of those things of, of that sort, you know, to help them get their foot in the door, you know, so just also, you know, providing them you know, continuous um, resources for them to use and utilize throughout their um, journey or experience relative to career counseling, job searching, you know, so I think that's also important as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Um, Yeah, and I found this book that says like it's about career counseling for African Americans and it highlights a lot of what we've talked about in terms of just like being able to provide good support for them in workplaces. Because diversity is important in the workplace, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely, um, I think everything that you said, I hundred percent agree with it. And I think, like, um, you know, taking a strength-based approach is really important with us, as well as well, because you know, in a society that's built to kind of bring us down. Sorry, a society that's meant to kind of bring us down, like you know, we kind of want to identify people's strengths exactly. to show them like even if you have experienced this negative stuff, this is kind of where you can end up. and so like the book just shows it says stuff about just like identifying goals, sources of problems, identifying self understanding, and like you know how you as a counselor understand the client, and then finding treatment strategies um and also talks about like assessment and stuff um you know and it also talks about like dual career heterosexual african-american couples which i thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. um because you know families are a big thing to us and so that's important to put into perspective when trying to counsel Mm -hmm. um and it just talks about how there are like main areas of focus such as like how women being employed affects their husbands' well-being, children's well-being, the gender roles in our community, um, the comparison between how much a woman's involved and the man's involved, things like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely think then they mentioned like affirmative counseling, which is kind of what we were talking about, mm-hmm. just kind of to be like supportive of them um then like talking about the nature of like their intersectionality in the workplace and affirming their, their experiences like I had a call on comsec the other day mm-hmm. which is my call center job um we do employee assistance referrals and this girl called and she, I kid you not all the time when people call we basically ask them we set up their referrals but the first thing we have to ask when we do the intake is you know so why would you like to see a counselor Mm -hmm. and she talked for 30 minutes straight probably one of the longest I've ever had someone take to answer Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she's had a really stressful time at work because she was assigned to work with someone on a project and then that person was not complained to her to her manager who that person is friends with and she said she's constantly getting negative feedback from her on her work but no one's ever really telling her how to improve her work mm-hmm. and it just felt it was hard for me to listen to because it just seemed like she had no support I don't know the race or ethnicity of anybody in her workplace but it just seemed like she was looking for affirmations that like she was even doing the right thing by calling or like you know being upset by this um it seemed like she really needed a validation in her performance or just somebody to tell her like okay like this isn't working let's do this instead of what she was telling me people were just kind of saying like this isn't good enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then she tries to fix it and she's like, okay, well, if you tell me what to do, I can fix it. And no one really gives her that feedback. Um just, focus just- on
0: the, like on the negatives is, is what is is what I'm hearing. And that again, that can have like a big role on, you know, their performance and how they view themselves for a job. Question themselves like saying, Am I like fit for this job? Am I qualified? Like what do I do now? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And- definitely
1: and just like the 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 book also talks about like the glass ceiling effect and like you know how like you literally brought that up like how there's not really enough room to like move up and get a promotion because of um, our our race and ethnicity and then just even black women in general like salary negotiation not even knowing how much they're being paid compared to their male counterparts whether they're white or black um so yeah it's definitely just so a lot of different aspects to think about when trying to counsel people in this perspective or in that in our culture like
0: this conversation could keep going probably to the end of the night but it's just like Mm -hmm. so many factors and again challenges and barriers that you know um, african-americans face when it comes to you know career counseling or again just career itself and finding a job um yeah And then I also liked, real quick, how you mentioned in that book, they talked about cultural assessments, Uh because there were two that I I was um, researching. One was the Multicultural Career Counseling Checklist, and Mm -hmm. the second one was a Career Counseling Checklist. Um, And to speak to the Multicultural Career Counseling Checklist, this one basically um, says it encourages counselors to make sure that they are familiar with um, African-American culture and contact within the majority white American culture. So mm-hmm. it, it talks a lot about recognizing with class, family, gender, and structural factors. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it says the counselor is also directed to understand personal racial identity development and the racial identity development of the client. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's something we, we were just like talking about this entire conversation. I think yeah. that's important. We need to a technique that um counselors can use to understand their client um, in a like a a more uh, better way.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's important too, because I think assessment is like really insightful, but a lot of it is just very like standardized in a way that doesn't fit for all the people of other cultural groups. So I like the that assessment as well, because I think it helps like, I think it sounds like well-rounded and really
0: effective. And then that's to also say that assessment shouldn't mm-hmm. always be the only thing we use to, it should definitely be a tool. Um, yep. So just having that conversation with our clients itself, but also, you know, us doing our own research It's also our job to stay competent when it comes to various um, cultural backgrounds as well. Mm-hmm. So just also just doing the work, um, attending workshops, research, books, laws, everything you can just to stay up to date with your, um, your client's culture. I think is really important
1: i agree definitely yeah. and this like i like you were saying i feel like this conversation could go on and on cuz we're both really passionate about it mm-hmm. um but i feel like i have hope that for us in the workforce you know other african americans in the workforce because most importantly like i think we're learning to advocate for ourselves a little better and like just notice where we're not being treated well and you know that's where we come in as good career counselors to kind of help push that advocacy forward because times are changing um and you know we want to make sure that we are fit like you know we we find places that we fit in different like careers
0: absolutely I agree um and to, like just to close out I really did enjoy this conversation um in the examples I probably feel like I didn't get to share much of my personal experience but that was my fault because I was kind of like all over the place but I do value in um, everything that you said, even the experiences that you shared personally um, in terms of you know any challenges or barriers that you face or your family face. Um, and I think that was really important to share, um, yeah. to put what we were talking about into context. So thank you for sharing your experiences. I really do appreciate that.
1: Thanks, and you definitely shared shared a little bit. I could have, I would have loved to hear more and more and more. But um, you know, we can always talk after this. And I appreciate everything you had to say too, because I feel like you had a really good insight on you know what's really needed to help provide effective like career counseling yeah. for African Americans.
0: So thank you. I think you did a great too. talk. Okay, this was it was a great talk, and I feel like time went by so fast. But yeah, I would love to continue this talk as well. But other than that, I think it's a good stopping place as well.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: (laughs) Honestly, that was fun.